And really what God put on my heart as I approached this week was thinking about the image of God, how that we're made in the image of God. How many of you understand that? God didn't make us like anything else in this creation. He made us in a particular way to reflect him, his glory and his likeness, and to rule with him as well, which is hard to get our heads around. But he made us in the image of God. So when we're thinking about families, individuals, we need to first think about who we are, and then from there, go from that place to then figure out these other things. I'll tell you an interesting story that popped into my head this week. as I was thinking about the image of God. So this is a, a story that my dad told me about his grand, about his father, who was also called Sam Collinson. So he was my grandfather, called Samuel Collinson, who I never met. He died before I was born. And there's this story in the family that he had this fire poker, you know, this little black fire poker stick that he would use to poke the coals with in the fireplace. And... Uh, Every night he'd do this. And one day someone came around his house and said, Hey, Sam, what is this fire poker? What is this? What is that? It's just my fire poker. And it's just this black stick that was bent. And he said, Let me take a look at that. It doesn't look like a fire poker to me. They looked at the handle, looked at the shape. They got it verified with an antique specialist. It was a samurai sword. <laughs> from the 19th century and it was worth a lot of money and it had been used as a fire poker and he didn't even know they got it professionally restored all of the black taken off put a new handle on it and whenever I go to my grandmother's house who's now passed away as well it would be the prized possession in the house this samurai so you wouldn't want to mess with them would you broken their house in the middle of the night you pay for it, right? This is what God wants to say to you today. Though you've been blackened by life, the image of God has been has disappeared, you think. God sees it. Amen. Just like that man who came along and said, What is this? God sees the potential. God sees what he created you to originally be. And though you can't, he still sees it. The value is still there. And what Jesus did, he professionally restored you to your original image. And he's made you sharp again. He's given you a handle. Amen. Amen. And so I want us to think about this today because a lot of people struggle with their identity these days. And this week, a lot has happened with the abortion laws changing in America. And are we, you know, as human beings, even the baby in the womb, is that really a baby or is it a clump of cells? We as Christians, most Christians say they're made in the image of God. Life begins at conception. Amen? Amen. I know some trouble with that, but let's let's see what God says. Amen. Now, I wanted to make one more story before I get into the scripture of Genesis. So you can open right to start your Bible if you want to, Genesis chapter one. When I was on the streets with Christ for Nations a few weeks ago, I know I haven't shared a lot about it. A lot happened in that week. In those nine days, I haven't really shared about this week. And I want to share them in these things in drips and drafts so you can, you can hear it in the best way. But on the Saturday afternoon, there are these youth crowding around this preacher called Jay Smith, who's an incredible preacher. And these two young boys were listening to the gospel and said yes. And they really said yes. They were both 16 years old. And they got brought over to me for, for follow-up, basically, so I could follow up with them after this point. 
And I gave a word to one of them, which was really accurate, praise God. Only God can give you words, because they only come from him. So just to give him glory. But then I looked at this other young boy. His name was Leo. He was 16. And I said, can I just pray for you, Leo, that you would receive the Holy Spirit, that God would touch you and speak to you. And he's like, yes, because he said yes to the gospel. And now I'm like, well, let's, let's, you know, let's get you move forward in this thing. So I said to him, I just prayed for him. And as I closed my eyes, in the spirit or in my mind, I could see daggers floating towards him in the air, floating towards his heart. And I said, I said, I can see right now this picture of daggers. And it's like anxiety is hitting your heart like many daggers. I can see you unable to pick up the phone and send a text because you're so anxious. Does this make any sense? He said, yes. In fact, even this morning, I couldn't pick up my phone and send a text because I was having a panic attack. I was like, well, God knows that. And I said, and I, I, as I'm talking, I get this picture of this ginger cat running past. And I said, have you got a ginger cat at home? And he says, yes. I'm like, well, we're onto something here. Praise God. I said, you see, life has made you like a little pussy cat, But you're Leo the lion. Amen. God's called you to be so much more than you can see or that you're living right now. There's this phrase that you hear people share on the news or different places. You'll hear this phrase in these self-development classes and different things. To become the best version of yourself. And I think it's a really good phrase. But you can't become the best version of yourself unless you know who you are. Amen? Unless you know who you're meant to be and to know the one who made you who can restore you to who you're meant to be. Amen? So I want us to look at Genesis chapter 1. If you turn with me, the scripture will come up on the screen behind. And of course, God made all things. He made... You know, God spoke, he made the the universe, he made the planets, he made vegetation, he made the animals, and on the sixth day, he put in his temple, in his cosmic temple, the universe, he put his image, and it was us. And God speaks in this plural sense, you can see that it's not just, let me make, he says, then God said, let us make mankind in our own image and likeness. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, and so on. Then it gets to verse 31, where God's completed his creation now on the sixth day. Verse 31 says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Someone say, very good. Very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So this is the story of creation. And that last verse is possibly most one of the most important. He saw all that he had made, and it was very good. Before he made man, it was good. But when he made man and woman, it was very good. Amen. Amen. There's a pressure on us in society now to say that it's not. To say that it's not good. Jesus made, God made, of course, Jesus is God. He was there in the beginning. When God said, let us make man in our image, the Father, Son, and Spirit were speaking to each other. 
The Father spoke to the Son, the Spirit spoke to the Father, and they said, let us create man in our image, in our spiritual image. We are not simply a mammal, we are a divine image carrier. Though we live in this physical capacity, that is who we are on the inside. It says in the book of Proverbs that God put eternity in the hearts of men. God put eternity within us. That we are not simply just an animal. We are who are only creatures that have relationship with God. You know my dog, he doesn't sit outside and say, I wonder why I'm here. I wonder if there's more to life. My dog just says, give me a biscuit and I'm happy. Whereas us, we're way more than that. There's something about us that's spiritual. People always say, why is there so many religions in the world? If there's, And I think the main answer is because we're spiritually hungry. We're searching. We know there's more. We all know it. And God made us. He made us male and female. And this is another thing that you can't say anymore in this society. Is that there's no such thing as man or woman. But yet if you say that a certain type of person isn't a man or woman, you're in trouble. How contradictory is the society that we live in? And listen... Um, this is not to attack anyone. This is to say there is a real struggle within us all. It says in Romans that all creation groans until the yeah. sons of God are revealed. There's a groaning, there's a struggle. I don't know if anyone struggles here. I don't know if anyone's body just feels like not great sometimes. I had a week this week where we were all sick. Like when I was having back spasms. Hannah had a sickness. Faith was coughing all night. And you think, well, what's going I think it was a bit of an attack this week, if I'm honest, from the enemy. Because I had a real breakthrough this week, spiritually, praise God. And you could see it coming. But we live in this world where sin took hold. Amen? But it didn't change who we are. It didn't change why we're here and what God called us to do. He called us to extend his rule and reign. God is a family. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. And God said in Genesis chapter 2, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but he saw he made man. So he made man first, and then he made woman. But we read in Genesis that he made men and women. So it's a, that was a kind of big picture scripture. But when he saw man, he said it's not good for him to be alone. You see, the Father didn't make us. God didn't make us because he needed anyone. He was perfectly content. Perfectly content. However... He decided, he chose to make mankind to be an extension of himself. That he would extend his own kingdom, his own rule and reign, beyond himself, beyond the realm of heaven, where the angels had already been created, we read at this point in Job, and extend it into this earth. He said, go and extend my rule and reign. Go and be fruitful and multiply. Extend my image. Go and create, create, create. Just as I am a creator. And that is why we're here. You know, it's really important to be creative because we're all creative like him. Amen? Mm -hmm. Why do we like painting? Why do we like music? Why do we like these things that animals don't care about? Because we're made in his image. And God said, let us make man in our own image. He made man and then from man, he made woman. Again, all of this today sounds like nonsense to the culture that we live in. But I strongly believe there's no strong evidence for evolution, especially human evolution. Possibly animal evolution, 
but not human evolution, especially in light of what God says. Amen. So maybe the universe is billions of years old. Hey, fine. But to say man is just an evolved swamp creature is nonsense. And it's unscientific as well. So I'm perfectly happy reading this as it is. Amen. I'm perfectly happy. And God made from the side of Adam, his name means man, man of the earth, he made woman to be a suitable helper. Later on, in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus, when talking about divorce, said, haven't you read to the Pharisees and the scribes who translate <laughs> the scriptures, haven't you read that in the beginning the creator made them male and female? As in, haven't you, don't you know this basic thing about who we are? That we're made for each other and that there's a sacred union in marriage that reflects the Trinity. Because when man and woman came together, he said they became one flesh. They became one. In fact, when a child is conceived, okay, we're all adults here, okay, when a child is conceived, three beings are alive at once at that one point. Three beings are alive in one essence. Isn't that amazing? That is how, that is a picture of the Trinity. So God made man and woman to reflect him, to be together, and you know what? What happened in 2020? People crave community. People who would never go outside so much were like, I want to see people. I want to do things. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not good for man to be alone. It's not good to be shut away. And all of these things that God had made, the devil saw the, what God was doing and he hated it. Satan, it says in Isaiah that he, he went around in a, cra in a crackiness in heaven maybe recruiting other angels to his cause. But then he saw God creating mankind and he had to do something about it. And he couldn't simply just attack us. He came with words. The devil still works with words, enticement, temptation. He can't simply just get you. He has to get into your mind so that he can get to your heart. So that... The, the sacred connection that man has with the earth. When God said, this is your world, he meant it. Do you know that? He actually gave the world to us, except one thing, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, this is your world. I'm giving you, it says in the Psalms, he gave the earth to the sons of man. And the devil tried to reclaim this world and gain entrance, and he did it through sin and enticement. And when man sinned, that sacred covenant and connection with the Lord was broken. And we read in Genesis 3 that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals. He wasn't just a snake, by the way. He was a spirit. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from the tree of God, of the tree, ate from any tree in the garden? What would he say today? Did God really say there's such thing as a man and woman? Did God say that you're really a boy or a girl? Did God really say? Then the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from all the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and must not touch it or you will die. You'll certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it,
That's it. From the day, from when you eat it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, you're missing out on something really cool. Just give it a go. And then the woman saw it. It was, it was good for eating. It was pleasing to the eye. And she gained wisdom from it. She ate. But then they hid. And later on we read that man was hiding in the garden. This is where shame came in. This is where darkness came in. This is where death came in. Sickness. The perfect creation was broken. People say, if God's so good, why did he create a perfect world? And the answer is he did create a perfect world. Well, why doesn't he create a perfect world now? The answer is he is creating a perfect world now. The new heaven and the new earth. But what's he going to do with you in the meantime? Because you're not perfect. One sin, you're deserving of death. Not just physical death, but spiritual death. Separated. Because you're not simply here and then you die and you're gone. You're eternal now. God breathed his life into mankind. God made us eternal. And it says in, in the scripture that life, people's lives began to get shorter. Sickness began to increase until we get to the time of Noah. And God pretty much started the world again. Later on in Genesis, God comes and says, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Then the man said, the woman put here with me, the woman you put here with me, blame God, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And then God starts to pronounce judgments on the snake, the man and the woman. But I just want to read what he said to the snake, because it's so important. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Isn't that a strange thing to say at the end? Because he's talking to the woman. He's talking to about the woman, but he says that he will crush your head. You see, the seed of the woman, the perfect seed of the woman was Jesus. God preached the gospel here in Genesis chapter 3 for the first time. The moment sin came, the answer to sin came, which was the gospel, which was the, the seed of the woman. The perfect man coming from woman, not from a human father, from only a woman, will come. He will crush your head, Satan, but you will strike his heel. In other words, when the seed of the woman comes and crushes Satan, he himself will be harmed. Jesus, on the cross, destroyed Satan's curse and broke it and made a new heaven and earth possible. You see, mankind fell, but we're still made in the image of God. God still sees the value in us, way beyond what we see. Do you remember the parable of the coins? The woman looking for the coin? You know, whose face is on that coin? It's his face, isn't it? He sees an incredible value in us. He longs for us. You see, he made Adam and Eve as his children. It says in Luke, 
that Adam was the son of God. He was the perfect man with no sin, no corruption in between him and the Lord. He ruled the earth perfectly. Until one day, the devil came and opened this nightmare of the world that we live in. That one day God will bring an end to. And he's already begin, began to bring an end to. Come on. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 49, Just as we have borne the image of a man of dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Oh, how long for that day. We will be bearing that image perfectly. Not just with the sin nature, without it. In a resurrection body. That you'll live back in Eden. It seems. Heaven and earth is one. You can't tell the difference. hundred years from now, some of you will be so glorious. So shining like the sun. Be hard to recognize you as citizens of heaven. What you are now is not worth comparing to what you'll be there. Thank you, Jesus. But I fear that some here, that a hundred years from now, that image of God will be so stripped from you as you enter hell, as you reject Jesus, who you said Lord, Lord to, but didn't follow him. You see, if we bow the knee to Jesus and say, your will be done. His will is done. Forgiveness, redemption, restoration, just like that sword. Amen. Go from that blackened sword to that shining silver samurai sword. But if you want to stay in your sin, if you want to hide away from God, if you want to hide in the garden, if he's calling out to you saying, where are you, son? Where are your daughter? But you're still ignoring the call. You've made yourself an enemy of God. And I'm warning if you watch the light, don't stay in that place. It's the devil who's deceived you and you will end up in the place designed for the devil and his angels. God did not make hell for man. God made hell for the devil and his angels, but also for those who formed allegiance with him through sin. And so this is our promise of redemption, that though we bear the image of the man of dust now, we, through Jesus, can be made and restored into the image of our Creator. I want to read one last scripture, and then we're going to stand in just a moment. First John, chapter 3, reading from verse 7 to 8. Apostle John says, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. <coughs> The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Jesus, that you have destroyed the devil's work. That though we sin, that though we darken the image that you put within us, you can restore us, Lord. And I just want us to stand right now, if you're able to. We're going to sing a song, and we're going to go into some ministry time. Because it's really serious that what God has said to you today, that you take it on board. That you live your life as the image of God. 
that you live representing Jesus and living righteously and turning from all that is of the devil's sin and turning fully to God because of what Jesus did on the cross through his death and his resurrection. He has given you new life, the potential of new life, and he will forgive you and justify you through faith in him, not through your works, but through faith in him. And we must turn and repent from that which is dark and turn to him and find everlasting life. And so we're going to play a song, and in a moment I'm going to give the opportunity for whoever needs to to make that decision to follow Jesus. But we're going to play a song called I Speak Jesus. And I just want you to engage with this song right now because we live in dark times. Amen? But God is shining his light in this time. Amen? And right now, if you know and love Jesus, you are called to shine such a light for him. Amen? Let's just sing this song, I Speak Jesus, and then I'm going to give an opportunity for whoever to make that decision.